your energy flows where attention goes. So if your attention mm. is on abundance, on health, on, you know, whatever you're trying to attract into your life more, that's what you're going to draw to you. So mm. focusing on that outcome as wow. if you already have it. Hey everybody, welcome back to another visit of Office Visits with Dr. V. I'm your lovely host, Benita Williams-Vernado. I am a board-certified OBGYN and a board-certified lifestyle wellness physician. And my goal is to help you have a healthier and happier life. One reason I started the podcast is because in this medical space, they're really I mean, nothing against TikTok and Instagram, but, you know, I really wanted to have reliable folks who have, you know, studied and mastered their craft to be out in the airwaves. And so I have enjoyed all of my guests. And as usual, they are always prepared and they have receipts and they are living the life that we are aspiring to. And so once again, have not failed you, I have a wonderful, wonderful guest. Her name is Kate Gallagher. Now, I met Kate a few months ago, but I now I'll briefly tell you she is an RN, but she's not here to talk about nursing. And she's really not here to talk about like hospital and medical stuff. She is here because she got out of debt. She got out of debt and just listening to her and talking to her, I just felt like, you know what, that seems like you're not as stressed. And there definitely is a connection. One of the pillars of lifestyle medicine is stress management. And so when you have a lot of debt and you owe a lot of people and you don't have enough money, that can be stressful. And so I had to get her on the show to just kind of tell us about her journey, how she got out of debt and what that meant to her life. So welcome, Kate. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here with you today. Absolutely. And guys, you know, this, you might be listening to, to this on the podcast, but you know, we're on YouTube. Kate has a megawatt smile. She had braces. She has beautiful teeth. Beautiful teeth. Oh, and it's, it's, it's a smile that comes from her soul. So I cannot wait to hear how you got that smile because it looks like you are truly happy. So real quick, you could just give us your bio because you're not just a nurse. You're a lot of other things that I have learned since preparing for this podcast. Yeah, that's funny because I, you know, when you listen to a lot of podcasts and you start to hear people talk about their bios and then you're thinking, well, who am I? And, yeah. you know, I didn't want to have some, you know, existential uh, crisis about who I am, but, and then it's like, and what priority do I put them to? So <laughs> <laughs> who am I? I think first and foremost, I'm a mom. I have four kids. I'm a wife professionally. I'm a nurse. I've been a nurse for 20 years, 22 years, actually. Wow. I used to teach yoga and group exercise and dance, and I worked for Weight Watchers, and I was a wellness coordinator at one of my nursing jobs, which I really enjoyed. I, so, you know, I'm just a person who knows a little bit about a lot of things. <laughs> a lot of things. But y'all, isn't she our type of guest? 
like she's wellness, she's yoga, she's everything. Real quick, tell me about, you're a lifetime member of WW. So usually that means you've lost a significant amount of weight. Is that true in your case? Well, I mean, I guess it kind of depends on what, how you view your own body, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. my journey with Weight Watchers, I think I lost 30 pounds the first Mm -hmm. go around, which, you know, for me feels like a lot, but I I also lose 30 pounds, by the way. (laughs) So that was way back in like, that was when we first moved to North Carolina, which is a kind of funny story in and of itself. I had been living in Charlottesville, Virginia for 16 years before we moved to North Carolina. Wow. And Charlottesville, Virginia is like, I call it a very crunchy town. You know, it's very liberal. Everybody wears Birkenstocks and, you know, we don't really, it's like not bougie at all. <laughs> and um, no fashionistas. Okay. <laughs> and then we moved to North Carolina. So I must've been, let's see, Hannah was five when we moved. So I was about 34, I guess, when we moved. So we moved to the Lake Norman area. Beautiful. Which, you know, I don't know how many people from North Carolina might be listening, but we moved to the bougie side of Cornelius, <laughs> not knowing because, you know, we weren't from there. And I was just shocked at how all these moms looked like when we went to the pool and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't fit in here. And being somebody who's always struggled with body image issues and food, I was like, oh my gosh, I have got to get back to my goal weight. So I joined Weight Watchers. I met one of my best friends there. We stayed, you know, we're still friends now. I got to my goal weight and there's been fluctuations through the years, but I really love I don't know if I'm allowed to call it Weight Watchers. It was Weight Watchers when I did it. Now it's WW. Oh, right. WW. Um, yeah. So I just love that program because I feel like, you know, just like you always talk about balance and mm-hmm. wellness, mm-hmm. I feel like it really, out of all of the eating plans I have tried, which trust me, I have tried all of them, it really is the healthiest and the most balanced. And mm-hmm. yeah. I don't, I don't work for Weight Watch for WW now, and I'm not getting like any kickbacks from them. <laughs> but just honestly, I do feel like it's a great program. Yes. And neither do I work for WW, but it has been studied extensively, not just, you know, in the streets, but also in the medical literature. And it's very effective. And and part of that is the accountability piece. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, I totally agree. Did they talk to you about finances in WW or? (laughs) No, No, they didn't. Okay. So let's segue into that because your story is really, really, it's really inspiring, Kate. It really is. Just to see, it feels like the lightness that you have from it, I think is something that we all deserve to have. And we can have it if we focus on some of the things that you did. So kind of tell us where you were before you started on your financial freedom journey. Oh, well, I definitely wasn't as light as you feel I'm reflecting to you now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I was still working at the hospital. So this all kind of came to a head in late summer, early fall of 2021. And so, you know, we were, what, about a year and a half, almost two years into the pandemic by then. 
Wow. Okay. And the first year of the pandemic at the hospital, for me in labor and delivery, you know, I, I can't imagine what the ICU nurses were going through and med search nurses, but, and, and we did have to deal with COVID on labor and delivery too, but it, yeah. but not, not anything like those, like the other people in the hospital were, were having to deal yeah. with. So the first year really wasn't that bad for us. There was no traffic on the roads. There was like all the extra patients who really <laughs> didn't need to come to triage weren't there. People were bringing us food like every day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, aside from like our faces having mask imprints on them. I mean, it. Yeah. I mean, looking back, the first year was not the bad year. Hmm. The second year was when supply chain started breaking down. And we were running out of things, like basic things that we needed to take care of patients, like epidural catheters, Foley catheters, wow. the medicines. I mean, it was just not anything that I could have ever imagined when I started my nursing career. And we were short-staffed because everybody, you know, was taking their coronacations or they did actually have corona. People will know, know what I'm talking about. I know what that is. Yes, ma'am. Yes. And other places of the hospital, you know, when you're in the hospital, you can hear when there's a code being called on any other floor, except for the emergency department, but you can hear them call codes. Yeah. So to a point where we were like hearing codes being called several times an hour mm. and your heart just sinks. Like when you hear a code being called, because somebody's dying, you know, yes. like, and that's yes. very serious. And there was also when we would walk in from the parking deck every morning and every night, there was like the helicopter coming and going. So mm. it really just, uh, there, it was so heavy. I mean, it just really felt like yeah. without the supplies and with the helicopter all the time, the way I felt, like, I don't want to speak for other people, but my feelings in that situation were that I was like in a third world country yeah, it, and in a war because I would like, I don't know if you remember that show China Beach, but which was, <laughs> you know, well, I think it was on in the eighties, but, and I think it was about the Korean war, but anyway, they're like that opening scene was kind of like mash where yeah, you know yeah. the helicopters are flying in and people are running out I mean just yeah overwhelming so at the hospital like every day I would just have this dread like are we going to have what we need to take care of our patients are we going to have enough staff to take care of our patients is there blood in the blood bank if we need it mm. is there a possibility that I'm going to have to tell somebody that their partner or their baby didn't make it because we didn't have what we needed to take care of them. Oh, and that didn't sit well with me at all. Like I would, I, I never want to have that conversation with somebody. Right. So that was my work life. <laughs> and then I would come home to three very angry teenage girls who were home because of virtual learning. And one of my oldest teenage girl was, Ooh, yes, was sent, me back. <laughs> yes, sent home from college. So she oh, was gosh. missing her college experience and she was not happy and she was not afraid to try to drag you down into un her unhappiness with her. Mm. Mm. 
so yeah, I would leave work not in a good place. I would get home and not be in a good place. Hmm. And many, many days and nights, I would just lay down on the floor, <laughs> literally oh my lay on the floor. Yeah. One night I wow. even laid on my back deck and it was raining and I just didn't even care. Like it was just this really crazy place of despair and mm. feeling hopeless. Mm. And wow. yeah. And then I was laying on the floor in my bedroom one night in the dark and I heard this voice in my head and it said, go to ground, go to ground, go to ground. Okay. Yes. You need to go to ground. And I was like, huh? Okay. The yoga teacher in me okay. knows yeah, <laughs> that that means I like, I need to go sit on my mat and meditate and ground my energy like we need to do yes. some serious chakra chakra work and you know I need to get it together I was getting ready to ask you that I'm like you're a, a yoga teacher you know that's and I know you know how to do all of those things but it seems like the weight of everything that was going on was so heavy that that didn't even come into your brain to help yep. you manage the stress that you were dealing with. So it definitely sounds like the voice was not you because you, you were right. like, huh, what is that? So, okay, finish the story, go to ground. Yeah, so, and then the other part of my my brain that probably watched too many vampire movies when I was a teenager, <laughs> I have this image of like how, like one of the ways a vampire can save itself if it's out during the daytime to rejuvenate is to like bury itself in the ground. Okay. So I'm a little bit odd too. So anyway, I was like, okay, well, both of these options sound very restorative. And I've always been, you know, I would take the forest over the beach any day. So I was like, I got to buy some land. <laughs> so it was crazy. So I was like, I got to buy some land. And long story short, we found like nine acres of land on Facebook marketplace not too far from our house, about 40 minutes. And so we bought this land and had nothing on it, it except an outhouse because the person who used to own it camped there, but that was it. Wow. So we bought this land and I bought it by taking out a loan on my 401k from the hospital, like from the hospital. Okay. And then I was like, okay, cool. We got some land. I can go, I could go to ground there literally figuratively awesome okay and then I, hold on question yes. okay what happened to the yoga mat and like meditation that seems like that would have been a cheaper like quicker uh, option did you do that too I mean probably I mean I did yoga I mean <laughs> I, I actually was one of those people who exercised throughout the pandemic I don't own a Peloton but I had the app and I got a cycle bike and you know I did all that kind of stuff, but the voice in my head was really like stronger towards like, you got to get out of town. You need to get mm -hmm. away from this crazy place. Like you got to go. Mm -hmm. So we did that. And then it turned out that I realized, okay, well, I've got this land, but I can't really enjoy it because now I got to work all the time to pay off my 401k loan. 
So uh, okay, that is how we really got intense about paying off our debt. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So we were a pretty normal family in terms of like the kind of debt that we had. So yeah, so we had the 401k loan, we had a HELOC, I still had some student loans left over, some credit card debt from a trip. HELOC, Uh okay, we're educating. So somebody's like, I don't know what a HELOC is. What is a HELOC? A HELOC is a home equity line of credit, which you can take out against your mortgage, basically. Mm based on the amount of equity that you have in your house, but it's a slippery slope. Yeah. It's a slippery slope because your HELOC can end up being a variable interest rate instead of a fixed interest rate, Right. which I wasn't paying attention to Mm. when I took it out because we were renovating our house. And, but anyway, I learned all about that kind of stuff on my getting out of debt journey. So Mm -hmm. yeah. And then the rest of it, like we took it, we went to Puerto Rico for our friend's wedding and we put some of that on the credit card and just some odds and end medical bills, things like that. So yeah. pretty normal debt that most people have, but the total of it. That's what I was going to say. How much <laughs> was that? How much, yeah, it was $102,000. Wow. Yeah. It was a lot. Okay. So just you saying that number, and I don't know if any of you guys listening, when you hear that number, there's a heaviness that comes with that. That's a lot of mm-hmm. money. That's a yeah. lot of money. Were you carrying? I mean, like, did you know you had all of that debt or was it only until you looked and like, we're going to get focused on getting rid of this? Were you like, oh my gosh, we've got a hundred thousand, over a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. I don't think we were really thinking about it too much because, you know, you just kind of pay the bill every month. Mm -hmm. And well, Mm -hmm. I don't like to say you pay the like, so we were just paying the bill every month and it was fine. You know, it wasn't like that big of a deal. It was like $250 here, a hundred dollars here. My student loans were on deferment, so I wasn't even paying those. So it didn't seem that big really until probably until I took out the loan on my 401k because that was I think I ended up splitting it between my 401k and the heat like money we still had left in the HELOC Mm -hmm. and so that made our very manageable amount of debt which I guess was probably about thirty thousand dollars worth of debt before we bought the land you know Mm -hmm. skyrocket Mm -hmm. up to a hundred over a hundred thousand So I think that's when I was like, oh gosh, you know, Mm -hmm. this is a little bit much because I've been trying to pay off all of our debt for a couple years. And, you know, I was what Dave Ramsey would call really good at moving money around. So it wouldn't seem like we had so much debt. Like I'd move things to zero interest credit cards and I'd be like, well, at least we're not paying interest on it. Or, you know, I would pay things off with this, you know? Yeah. It was like, you know, what's that game with the shells and the (laughs) The shell uh, game? (laughs) Yeah. I just like, just keep moving it around. So, but then with the pandemic and feeling the way I was feeling and then getting the land, I wanted to be able to like actually go away. I just thought Mm. this is not the kind of life that I want to lead. This is not, I need, 
I need a break. Like strong feelings of I need a break. I need a break, but I couldn't take a break. Couldn't take a break because I had to work. I've always been the steady paycheck in our house. You know, I'm the breadwinner and I'm the steady. And I just didn't feel like I could take a break. And I didn't like feeling like that. I didn't like feeling trapped. And so that was really what kind of lit the fire under me to be like, I got to get out of debt. I don't want to have to stay in a place that I'm feeling abused, (laughs) you know? Yeah. You know, and so I want to be able to get out and I can't get out if I owe people money. So first of all, let me just applaud you because there are people who live that life all the time are still living it. Want to get out, know they need to get out, but don't take any steps to do it. Mm -hmm. And just having that feeling of I have no options, I've got to do whatever it is to survive, that itself is stressful. Mm-hmm. And there, there's this new term, it's called weathering. So these little micro stressors over time, they're kind of not in your face, mm-hmm. but over time, just the stress of that kind of takes a toll on your body, your immune system, your mental health. Ooh, we're going oh, yeah. we, to have to, we're going to address your mental health too. I'm sure that was something that probably, you know, you were affected by, but okay. So, you know, you need to get out, got to get out. You bought land. We got debt. I need to go. Yeah. Mm. So I'm very fortunate to have a husband who pretty much will just go along with whatever scheme I have. So when I said, okay, it's really time to buckle down. We're doing the Ramsey plan. Like get ready. And he was like, okay. (laughs) So we just decided to do it. I do find it interesting. So it's interesting that you brought up like WW because what I find is being on a debt diet and being Uh, on a food uh, diet have very, hmm. for me, are very similar. And actually right now, I didn't do this while we were paying off our consumer debt because I was too busy. But right now... I've been doing, I've been calling it my debt diary. However, I'm playing with calling it something else because I don't like to focus on debt. I feel like it's attracting more debt to me. But Mm. anyway, doing this like diary, like the parallels between how you can, how you can get to a healthier place with money and a healthier place with food. It's so tied to your experiences in life. So, I mean, it's fascinating. But anywho, (laughs) so this is how we got out of debt. So we have, we've been listening to Dave Ramsey. I don't know if people might not know who Dave Ramsey is, but he also has a podcast and he has books and we've been listening to his podcast and he has the baby steps for getting out of debt. And so we became gazelle intense, which is what he calls it. Like you're the gazelle, the lions are coming to get you chasing you, and you need to just run. So I told my husband, so I've always been the budgeter in our house. So I knew how much our monthly expenses were, how much our debt was, all of that stuff. So I knew that my husband could pay all of our household bills on his income. 
So then we used all of my income to pay off the debt. So I think that's one way that we're, we're very fortunate. I'm fortunate to have a partner who had an income. Right. Not everybody right. has that. I think it's also interesting when you, <clears throat> when I realized that, and as I continued, like this has become a change in my mindset is how much better would we have been doing all along if we yes. had been living within our means? I know. Yes. Right? I know. I've heard about the 80% rule and he's a multimillionaire and he's like 20 something, but he lived off of 20% of his income and saved and invested 80%. Yeah. So smart. And I looked at my husband, you know, I'm an OBGYN, you know, you make good six figures. Like we didn't do any of that. I would have been a multi, multi-millionaire three, four times had we done that, but we didn't know. Right. Well, why didn't you know? Why don't we know these things? Why don't we know? Because they don't want us to know. They want us to stay in debt, huh? They want us to stay in debt. Mic drop. They, wherever they are. (laughs) But yes, I'm a firm believer in that being the way that, well, I'm just going to say, I'm I'm just going to speak what I feel my truth is. Mm -hmm. This is the way that slavery has evolved. Mm. So, you know, we, the general population has got to work because we've been manipulated into feeling like we need all of these things. And we've been given the opportunity to keep ourselves oppressed by being offered credit cards and loans and all of these things. Yeah. Whereas you couldn't get all of those things a few decades ago, couldn't get it. I think I was telling you the other day, We, I just went to that Racial Equity Institute two-day training. Oh, it was fascinating. Maybe we could have another podcast about that one day. <laughs> or you need to have those people on because I learned things about slavery in this country that I had never learned in school. Yeah. So again, it's like things that they don't want us to learn in school. They don't want us to learn the truth about who has all the money, why they have all the money and how they keep us giving them all of the money. Yes. Yes. And how they got the money. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, we're not going to take that left. There's a system is what you're saying. And other countries don't live like this. Like, you know, you go to the islands and you see a house half built. Why? Because they can only build as much money as they have at the time. Mm -hmm. Nobody's giving them a loan to build and then pay it off later. So right. they pay as they go and they're not in debt. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. So I told my husband he was going to be paying all the bills and I was going to work on paying off the debt, which okay. I do not make a hundred thousand dollars a year. So <laughs> it was going to require more than my salary. Right. So I don't wish COVID on, you know, anybody ever again. But when you're a nurse and you work in the hospital during a pandemic, you can pick up as many shifts as you want. Got it. Okay. So I worked extra. They called it combat pay. I got overtime. Mm-hmm. So I was able to generate a lot more income than I would during a normal year. But then we did not eat out. I packed my lunch and my breakfast every single wow. day. We wow. didn't go anywhere. 
we sold, we had a huge garage sale and we sold as much stuff as we could. I canceled all of our streaming services. Wait, wait, wait. You're talking like Netflix, Hulu, all that stuff? Yeah. Did you have no. cable or were you guys watching no. TV? We could watch TV because it was too late in the year for me to cancel my Amazon Prime. So we still had Amazon Prime and we still had something, I think HBO, because that also was like an annual membership. So we had that. Wow. And well, we didn't have time to watch TV. <laughs> so we didn't really miss it because there wasn't time to watch TV. And oh, we rolled coins. I think I found like, $400 worth of coins between my husband's truck, his nightstand, and just like the laundry room and in the couches. I mean, it was crazy. I was like, wow, who knew? We had just all this money laying around the oh house. Oh my gosh. $400 worth yeah. of coins. Yeah. The Man. lady at the bank. I mean, she's so nice. I can't even say <laughs> that she rolled her eyes when I was coming in, but she would just be like, oh, okay. Here she comes again. Yeah, so that's good because that's putting money in your bank account and you're getting out of debt. Wow. Yeah, uh, I love hearing the focus. And you know, these are doable things. Mm -hmm. Like these are doable. Someone can go right now and look. I mean, because we all kind of have a change jar. Well, maybe we do. We do. Yeah, that's something easily that we could you know attack today. Yeah, I think. That for so many things that really require discipline, it's hard for people because it's uncomfortable mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's not convenient. Yeah. And it's easy to get stuck in places because it's scary to get out of your comfort zone. Right. I think that I'm able to do that because that's just my personality. My personality is kind of like, if you give me a goal, like I'm very goal oriented. Yeah, goal oriented. So, yeah, me too. So I'm just like, okay. And I like to start things on a Monday. <laughs> you know, so I'll be like, <laughs> okay, on a Monday, it's like go time. So yeah. And like when you see progress yeah. and, you know, it's easier to keep going and keep going and keep going. And so on, I use a budgeting app that is so nice it's so easy and but it also is it's also from the ramsey network but like you would list all your debts in there and then then as you're paying them off you know they'd give you nice little emojis of like you're doing a great job <laughs> keep up the good work yeah, you know yeah stuff like that so we were just uh, totally just immersed in the plan and achieving our goal and i had a lot of faith that it was going to work out because i knew that we were doing the right thing. There's a great, I guess it's a scripture quote from the Bible. It says the borrower's slave to the lender. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. so I would keep thinking that, you know, I knew that God was the one that I was hearing telling me I needed to yeah. go to ground. And so I just knew that I was doing what God wanted me to do and that everything was going to work out. So I don't believe in like, you know, poof, things are going to happen. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, you, you have to know what you want. You have to visualize success and you have to take the actual steps to making it happen. Got to put some action behind it. 
Yeah. So the steps that you guys took, I love you rolled coins. That's $400. You stopped doing your streaming services. Do you know how much that was? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was kind of crazy when I added up how much stuff we were streaming. I think it was like $120 a month. A month? Wow. And then you had a yard sale because mm -hmm. all of us have too many things. How much money did you make off of the yard sale? I was trying to remember that the other day because my mom came and helped me and was keeping track of the money. But I think we made $2,000 at the yard sale. Wow. wow. And yeah. it was just stuff kind of lying around that you really didn't need. What was the stuff that you really Some of it was stuff to part with it? Some of it was things that, I mean, I definitely could have kept using. Like we sold our <laughs> dining room table and chairs, but it was the dining room table and chairs that were in the formal dining room that nobody goes we in. didn't really <laughs> use. And there were some dressers and desks and stuff that like my kid, again, it's like stuff they didn't use. I don't know about your yeah. kids, oh, but yeah. my kids do all their work in their bed. <laughs> You know, they don't use their desks. I sold a bunch of jewelry that I had because I used to jewel. I used to sell jewelry, sell potets, like mm -hmm. sterling silver jewelry. Yeah, just like oh. knickknacks. Like I had so much stuff. I think that's I the other the other really crazy thing when you are looking around your house and you're like, why do I have all this stuff? You know? Like, yeah. It's yeah. just crazy. I mean, that's really another thing that brings some piece is not having so much stuff. I mean, we're not minimalist by any means, but right. just all the clutter and keeping up with things, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what are the ways, were there any other ways that you, so you worked extra, what other ways did you employ to get out of debt and how long did it take you to get, to knock that hundred thousand dollars out? Yeah. So we paid off half of the debt by July. So that was my goal because I wanted to pay it off in a year. And then things like really slowed down. Like I had rolled all the coins. I had sold all the things I could sell. <laughs> I needed to take a break from working so much because I was yeah. really tired. And so then I kind of was like, oh gosh, I don't know if we're going to make it because we still have this much left to go. And we were out on our land. My husband and I were out on the land one day. And because we just, we love camping. So we were just messing around and we were playing this game where we wanted to see if we could build a primitive cabin out of things that we already had, like without spending any money. Because we had wow. all these trees and he has all these chainsaws and he's good at building things. So we were out on the land building our primitive cabin and we noticed that the house and land adjacent to our land were for sale and we were like that's weird because it had just sold like six months before that and we looked at each other and we were like we should buy that <laughs> and uh, Wait a minute, we got 50,000 to go and we're like, yeah. we're going to buy more. Yeah. So probably like a month before that, I had called our realtor who sold us the house that we had been, that we were living in because you know how like housing prices were crazy. Yes. 
Yes. Right. Cause that was another thing. I was like, well, maybe we should sell this house and move somewhere else. So I had her come over and do an appraisal for us. Well, our little house in Cornelius that we bought for $246,000 was it appraising. Is that the word for it? Like it could have been listed for $750,000. Now we did do a lot of work on it. it. It was a lot nicer than when we bought it, but I was like, oh my gosh, that is like crazy. But we didn't do anything because we were like, well, where the heck are we going to move? Like everything yeah. costs this much money yet. So that doesn't yeah. really make sense for us to sell our house. And I was not going to live in a, like a tent in the woods with my children. I would <laughs> do that with my husband probably, but not my children. So anyway, we were kind of like, okay, well, that's not really an option. But then when we were out on the land and we saw the house next door was for sale, we were like, oh my gosh. Oh, so it had a house on it. Got it. Okay. So it already had okay. a house on it. So we ran next door to the people who live there who we hadn't met yet. And we were like, are you really moving? And they were like, yes. And we're like, we want to buy your house. And so we sold our house in Cornelius. And this was another like divine intervention because yeah. we had we had it staged i mean and it was kind of crazy at our house because you know we had just been pulling everything out of the closets for the yard sale and everything but yeah. we had it staged and listed like in five days i think and then i think it was only like with it i think it was maybe 10 days we had a full price cash offer Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. and then the house with the land on it was listed for less than what we just sold our house for. So we were able to pay off the other like $50,000 worth of debt, wow. have, have an emergency fund, which is one of also one of the baby steps. Yeah. And we kept our mortgage basically the same because we were able to put enough money down on our house here to make it the same amount as our mortgage had been on our house in Cornelius. So, uh, well, okay. Wow. That does kind of feel divine that we all remember when those houses were, the prices were crazy and we, we know it's not like that now and the interest rates are higher, but my goodness, you know, you guys are willing to put it all on the table to just knock this out. And it really sounds like you came up because you already had nine acres. And then how much did the other house have on it? And like, a, I guess 11. Yeah. Cause we have like 20 all together now. Wow. Wow. And God's not making any more land. So that's a good investment. Right. That's a good investment. Yeah. So you're out of debt now. Like, how does that, tell us how that felt. Like, how did that affect your relationship with your husband, your children? How did you feel when you were going into work every day now that you're out of debt? So it was a little surreal for a little while. And it's, I'm frugal by nature. Like, I'm just... Mm -hmm. My husband says, what does he say? He says, I'm so like stingy that I squeak when I walk or something like that. I don't remember the saying, but anyway, he he is the free spirit and I'm the saver in our relationship. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it was, so when we were 
out of debt. So we actually exceeded our goal. So we were out of debt before Christmas. So it was 11 months or so of being on that debt journey. It was hard. I we are very fortunate that we had some great things and great opportunities, yeah. but it was hard. It was nonstop work for like those 11 months and it was sacrifices and there was a lot of hard stuff. But so when we finally got into the house, it was Christmas and it was probably one of the best Christmases ever because for the first time I wasn't worried about money. Like how, you know, what's our Christmas budget? What is, you know, yeah. who's getting what, you know, I had, our whole family was here. We had tons of food, you know, we had presents, you know, like all, like I did, I wasn't losing sleep over it. Like most years that I would mm. lose sleep over trying to create like a magical holiday for my kids without going into debt for it. Yeah. 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 So that was wonderful. And I will also tell you as anticipated, Murphy showed up because Dave Ramsey always talks about that. He's like, Murphy's going to show up as soon as you feel safe. Who is Murphy? So Murphy's law is just what you think. <laughs> Everything's yeah. fine. Murphy's going to come in and, you know, sweep your feet out from under you. And that totally happened. So we were debt-free for a couple months. Well, more than a couple months, I would say, because we had an emergency fund. So like a few weeks after everything was like situated, my paid off car decided to like die. So we had to get a new car. New car. Okay. So we had our emergency fund. So we were like, okay, we're going to keep following the steps. So we're going to go buy a car that we can afford. So we bought a car with cash and then it turned out to be a lemon. So that was a struggle. Oh. So that, that has not been fun, but. Was it a new car? Can a used car be a lemon or new cars are lemons? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's a used car. Oh, it's a used car. Okay. It's a used car, but it hasn't been. It's very funny. She's very persnickety. <laughs> she she only starts when it's warm out. <laughs> and only after pushing random buttons in a certain order, then she'll start. But once she starts, she's fine. And then she'll start the rest of the day. She just <laughs> likes to wake up in the morning. Yeah, so it was great. For a couple weeks, everything was great. And then, you know, the car broke down. My husband, who was self-employed, the weather didn't cooperate with him. So he suddenly wasn't making any money for about nine months. And so I didn't really get to enjoy that feeling of having money for very long because we just flipped back to being a one income household. And, but, but you, all the bills. you had an emergency fund though, right? Did that give you some peace to know that you had that cushion? Yeah. So for, for like four months or so, and then with him not making any money that quickly went away. Okay. So, so I felt like, so I was very angry for, for a little while. I was like, 
we just did all of this work, you know, why aren't we, you know, living the dream now and being able to be generous? Because we had gotten to this point where I was like, we don't belong to a church. So we were contributing to like our charitable organizations. And I was like, this is great because that's one of the things that Dave Ramsey always talks about is like, you want to live and give like no one else. And so I was budgeting in the equivalent of a tithe to organizations that were important to me. So then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing. Why, you know, why are there no jobs? Why is he not making any money? Why is my emergency fund just dwindling away to nothing? And this is why I think it is. In some ways, even though it was a lot of work, I feel like maybe we didn't learn our lesson. Like it was almost too easy, which it wasn't easy in terms of the time that we had to spend on it. But I was like, well, obviously there's more to learn. And so now we're kind of having to do a little bit of it again. So my car that was a lemon one day just would not start before I needed to go to work. And I am embarrassed to admit that I had a full-blown temper tantrum about it and went off and bought a brand new car. (laughs) <laughs> which is not the Ramsey plan. Can um, I just say though, it's very refreshing because you sound very, very disciplined. And I know some people are like, I don't know if I have it in me. And then you just go off and buy a new car. It's like, okay, she is like us. Yeah. Like us. <laughs> yeah. So that was not a good plan. And like, I know better, you know, like it's one of yeah, those yeah. things where I knew like in my rational brain, like, I didn't need a brand new car. Right. Right. Yeah. I didn't need a brand new 2023 Honda hybrid CRV. But I was so angry <laughs> at that moment <laughs> that I was like, I'm just going to get what I want to get. <laughs> and Dave Ramsey says you should never make purchases based on emotions. So anyway, I bought that Honda immediately had buyer's remorse. Like as soon as I was calmed down, I had buyer's remorse. And then I was angry about that. Every time I looked (laughs) at it, I was like, oh, I hate you. You cost me this much money a month. And it was really funny. It was really funny. Like so strange to me. Like so many people would be like, oh, do you love your new car? Oh, that's so nice that you got that. And I'm like, it's not nice that I have that. Like, (laughs) you know, it's terrible. I hate it. But it's very eye-opening to how normal having debt is. Mm. You know, like, wow. most people are like, oh, you have a car payment. Everybody has a car payment. Everybody has a car payment, yeah. You're going to have a car payment for your whole life or... I recently had some conversations with some family members who were upset with me about some things. And it turns out that I think people just expect you to go into debt to keep up with whatever your kids want or whatever the social expectations are. So, you know, if I'm Mm. like, well, I'm not really willing to go into debt over this. No, no, they might get they. People might get upset with you. That's okay. Yeah, but they might they're not want... carrying the stress of right. the debt. And I think it's fairly short-sighted. And I think, you know, like we were saying earlier, we live in this place of like comfort and convenience. And I think I would say that this might be one of the only times where I might say 
it's this, when you're thinking about your finances, thinking about the future might actually be better than living in the present. Right. Sure. Yeah. Because sure. normally I'd be like, no, you need to try to be present and engaged in what is happening right now. But when it comes to your finances, if you're thinking about only, oh, well, you know, all my friends are going to Tulum and I want to go to Tulum with them. They're only going to turn 40 one time and I want to be a part of that. Yeah. And you're not thinking, I want to be able to retire and enjoy my life at some point. The steps to get there aren't, you know, like you're not going to get there because mm -hmm. you're living too mm -hmm. much in the present and you're not thinking about saving for the future. Wow. Wow. That's good, Kate. Yeah, there are. A lot, I mean, you look on social media, and everybody there are girls trips, and you know, you're honeymooning, and you're doing all the things, and going to the Beyonce concert. Oh you know, my gosh! And, and you have to dollars. Have, yeah, and you got to yeah. buy a special outfit, outfit to go to right. Beyonce, or to go <laughs> exactly. to Taylor Swift, or like, yes. you know, not, you know, and like that's just another layer of this consumerism. Yeah, I think yeah. that we're all being manipulated by. Yeah. No. And I'm not saying people shouldn't have a good time. Like if you can afford it, if you can pay cash for it, if you're putting your money away for retirement, yes, enjoy your life. You know, have a birthday party for your dog, <laughs> you know, like send them to doggy daycare, like do all these things. But if you can't afford that, then it doesn't make anything less special just because you don't have, you know, all these extra, just because it's not social media worthy right just because you can't right. you might not want to post about it because oh your mom made your birthday cake oh your mom loves you and she spent time making a birthday cake for you yeah you know and yeah. I think that's Great a big frame it yeah it's a big crisis right now I feel like in our communities is identifying with images that you see on social media even though you know that that's not real real it's still something that our kids are being so sucked into and measuring themselves against so much. I have one of my kids. Oh, she loves her expensive things. Like I've heard her say, if it's not the best, she doesn't even want it. And, and does she have a job? She does have a job now. And she also has two grandmothers who are... Um, <laughs> very willing to spend their money on Lululemon and <laughs> Mac or not. Well, I helped buy her MacBook, but she had to pay for half of it, but like new iPhones and yeah, just everything is bewildering to me. But again, when I do my diaries about, and that's why I started doing the diary because I was like, I don't want to keep finding myself back in this place. So I did sell my Honda. I sold it. We are upside down in the loan, which I mean, that is terrible. Like yeah. you just have to pay for something that you don't even have you anymore. You don't have. That's what upside down means, folks. <laughs> yeah. So, but, yes. you know, a $10,000 loan is a lot better than a $40,000 loan. So that yeah. at least, yeah. at least it feels manageable. So, yeah. So doing the diary now and looking at the way I was raised versus the way my husband was raised is it's very enlightening yeah. for hopefully not finding ourselves in this situation again. This is a great place to kind of wrap this up because, you know, 
we often hear about people who get out of debt and then life is great and everything is hunky-dory. But as you said, Murphy comes around. But it's different this time because you guys have a plan, you have a system and you can get back on track with it, mm-hmm. which is the same with, you know, most of our lifestyle choices. If you know that you're going to exercise four days a week and you're not going to eat out on these days, when you get off track, you just go right back to your right. plan. Mm-hmm. And it's a way to manage it. It's a way to manage it. Right. So I'm sure this is not a place where you want yourself to be again, but you have learned how to do this. You have you have built some muscle in this area. And it, to me, it doesn't feel like this would be as daunting as it was before, because you're like, I've been here, we've done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree that it is, it's just like any of the pillars of health that, and I, I think your pillars are the same as my pillars when I've taught wellness. Everything's always going to be shifting you know, to stay in balance and you need to have that structure and that good foundation so that when you need a little bit more stability in one area, you know what to do and you have it. And also remembering that nobody's perfect and things are going to happen. And it's not about thinking, oh, I can't do this or, you know, why is this happening to me? It's okay. I have all the tools that I need. Yeah. And yeah. it's a constant. It's never going to be done. Just like you can't eat healthy for one week and be done. You can't exercise for one week and done. You can't, you know, do things for your mental health and then be done. These are lifestyle choices and, yeah. you know, yeah. lifestyle habits. Yeah. Wow. So, wow. Well, that is okay. I'm just giving you a, a round of applause because. Part of what I think that I want to put out in the social media space and just out into the world is real people living real lives that you look like us, you sound like us. I mean, definitely, there were definitely some come ups and opportunities that you had. But what I really appreciate about your story is your focus, your focus and that this was only for a season. And so you're here where you are now because of the choices you made then. And so for those people who are in situations that they feel like they can't get out of, you absolutely can. You just have to focus, have a plan that is going to get you where you need to go. And the focus needs to be on what you want, not Mm -hmm. what you don't want. Because like they say, energy flows where attention goes. So focusing on abundance and freedom and the way that you're going to feel when your goal is achieved, that's mm. where your focus should be. Whoa. So I was getting ready to ask you to kind of, you know, leave us with one nugget. But there you go. I think that was a nugget. Yeah. Okay, say that one more time. Your focus, your energy. So, and this is not mine. This is from, I think, yeah. from The Secret or something. Some of all yeah. those books that I read back in the day. Your energy flows where attention goes. So if your attention Mm. is on abundance, on health, on, you know, whatever you're trying to attract into your life more, that's what you're going to draw to you. So Mm. focusing on that outcome as if you already have it. Right. And I would also 
like to say that there will probably be less weathering because there's some hope in that mm-hmm. as opposed to I'm in a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. I'm never going to get out. La 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 la. Your mental health is really taking a hit every time you kind of stay in the mud. So, yeah. oh, I love that. And that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful, beautiful place to end. I will say you mentioned Dave Ramsey several times. I too have done financial peace. Well, back in the day it was financial peace university. Uh It's affordable. I think it's very simple, you know, wise advice that I think most people can get their heads around. You don't work for Dave Ramsey. I don't work for Dave Ramsey, but it just so happens if you're trying to get out of debt and you Google how to get out of debt, Dave Ramsey will probably pop up. He will for sure. Or any of the other shows from his network, which are all really funny, but (laughs) it's free, like free resources, unless you do FPU, which does definitely have value. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, I think when I did, it was like $99 and you know, it was very... Yeah, it's still about that. And you get the budgeting app now. I mean, it's all kinds of yeah, yeah. Cool stuff. Okay, so we usually wrap up with, you know, how can our guests get in touch with you if they want to work with you? Like, I don't know if you're like a consultant, but I think you'd be a good one. Uh, is, is there a way that we can like, if somebody's like, you know what, I want her to be my coach or... I want her to walk me through some things. Do you have that set up yet? I don't really. I've been thinking about that. I actually just listened to a webinar about actually being a financial coach through the Ramsey Network, but it costs a lot of money and I'm on a debt diet right now. So So, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the next few months hold for me, but I'm on Instagram. My Instagram is go to ground. And then we also have a... YouTube channel, which is also go to ground. And that has some funny videos on it. My husband with his chainsaws, which they get a lot of views. There's a lot of men out there who (laughs) like to watch trees get chopped down, I guess. So like either of those ways. Yeah. So, you know, I'm kind of open at the moment to like a career change and to see how I can best serve people and, and be helpful. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on and sharing your story. And I have to make a car purchase and I'm sitting here like, dang it, I can't get the car I want to get right now. (laughs) So I know it's helped me, definitely it's helped me and I'm sure it will help a lot of our listeners. So you guys, if you want to kind of keep up with Kate, go to ground. That's what she heard. And now that's her Instagram. So definitely some power there. So thank you so much, Kate. Thank you. This was fun. And this is another episode, another fabulous, awesome, empowering episode of Office Visits with Dr. V. So we'll see you next time.